Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 10 of Revelation chapter 18, and we're going to be reading verse 5. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Now, we've been discussing the fall of Babylon, and in the previous verse, God commanded his people to come out of her, that they be not partakers of her sins, and receive not of her plagues, and we saw how that relates to salvation. All those that God saved would uh, not be partakers of Babylon's sins and therefore would not be subject to the plagues or the judgment of God for sin. And now in verse 5, God is speaking of Babylon's sin at, at, as though Babylon were an entity of its own. And of course, Babylon is made up of mankind unsaved men, and each individual unsaved person bears their own sin, but God is looking at it as though um, Babylon itself were guilty of sin, and he says, her sins have reached unto heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. And um, when we look uh, more closely at the wording that God is using here, we we find, first of all, that the word reached, the Greek word translated as reached, is Strong's number 190, and it's always translated as follow, or, or following. Um, it's used often in connection with Christ. Um, Take up your cross and follow me, or the apostles followed Jesus, the disciples followed him. It's that word that that is always translated as followed. It's only translated as reached in this verse. And in those other verses where it is translated as followed, I wasn't able to find anything that spoke of following unto heaven or anything that really related concerning the context of, of Babylon's sins reaching or following unto heaven. But there is a um, similar verse in Jeremiah chapter 51. And Jeremiah 51 is also describing or or dealing with the fall of Babylon. And it says in verse 8 of Jeremiah 51, let's start there. Babylon is suddenly fallen and destroyed. Howl for her, take balm for her pain. If so be, she may be healed. We would have healed Babylon. But she is not healed. Forsake her, and let us go everyone into his own country, for her judgment reacheth unto heaven, and is lifted up even to the skies. Now the the Hebrew word translated as reacheth here is is found uh, many times in the Old Testament, and it's a word that is often translated as touch or toucheth. And it has the idea of reaching unto a certain point. 
It's translated as reached in Genesis chapter 28. In Genesis 28, it says in verse 12, and this is referring to Jacob, And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And we know, because Christ uh, refers to this in the New Testament, in John chapter 1, when he is talking to Nathaniel and says that angels of God ascend and descend upon the Son of Man, that the latter is Christ. It's a, it's a picture of Christ himself. And it reaches unto heaven because it is through Christ that sinners are able to, uh, uh, be exalted into the heavenlies, to enter into heaven through the salvation that he has obtained on their behalf as he died for their sins and so forth. And, and so in order to reach heaven, you need the, the person of Jesus Christ. He is the ladder and we also refer to him as the door. He is the doorway, the entry point into the kingdom of God into heaven. And, and that's why it's significant when God speaking of Babylon and he says her sins have reached unto heaven. Now, what it, what does that mean? Hasn't God always known about the sins of the people within the kingdom of Satan, Babylon? And, and hasn't their sins always, um, been before the eyes of God? That all, all of men's sins have always been open and naked before his sight. Why suddenly does God say that Babylon's sins have reached unto heaven and he has remembered her iniquities. Well, we're going to look at that uh, that word remembered shortly. But right now, the idea that God is presenting with Babylon's sins reaching unto heaven is that the door of heaven is now affected. Because of Babylon's sins, because of the sins of the unsaved people of the world, and because it is now time for God to visit for their sin. It's the day of judgment. It's after the Great Tribulation. It's the beginning of Judgment Day. And we know judgment uh, began on May 21, 2011 on the world. And, and on that day, God shut the door of heaven. And why did he shut the door of heaven? Because the sins of man reached unto that point and in response in furious anger God shut the door or he put out the light of the gospel and and the light of the gospel also emanated forth from heaven it shone down from above is really the figure even though of course the spiritual light comes out of the word of God yet that light comes from God himself from heaven and the light of the gospel went out the the gospel program of salvation concluded on that day of Babylon's fall because her sins had reached 
unto heaven. It, it was the, the set time, the appointed day of judgment, and in response, God ended his salvation program by taking action in heaven. It was his action, his work of shutting the door. And I think that's what's in view here uh, with God giving us this scripture that Babylon's sins have reached unto heaven. Well, what about the next part of the verse in Revelation 18.5? It says, for her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. God remembered her iniquities as if he could have forgotten them. Is that possible? Is it possible that God forgot Babylon's iniquities for a time? And uh, then one day suddenly they popped into his mind and he remembered them? Well, that's how, how it is with us men, with people. We, we always forget things. And then we, uh, all of a sudden remember, uh, something that, that we had forgotten. And, uh, we, we might kick ourselves as the expression, uh, or say, Oh, how could I have forgotten it? Because we're, we're very finite creatures. We're, uh, we're not really all that brilliant. Uh, our minds are, are very limited and we, we have the ability to hold on to, uh, so much information, a limited amount of information. We can't, uh, we just cannot, uh, contain all the information that we receive in our lives o- over the course of, of time. And we are constantly forgetting things, sometimes important things. But that's, of course, not how God is. God has a brilliant mind, an infinite mind. It really is incredible when we consider the infinite mind of God, that that enormous mind that he possesses, and within his mind... He knows all things. And that's a very big statement, that God knows all things. But that's what the Bible teaches us. It teaches us, as a matter of fact, that he knows all things from eternity past. So if you look backwards in time, of course he knows everything that's ever uh, taken place or transpired over the 13,000 some years of earth's history that's nothing that that's nothing to god to um possess all that information to have all that knowledge of everything that's ever happened with every creature that he's created he knows uh, every every butterfly and every ant and every uh, elephant and all the the things that have ever happened to them and all the thoughts that they've had. But he knows every human being that was ever created and he knows them from their conception in the womb, their period of development, their birth, if if they got to that point, and, and however long they lived and everything that ever happened to them during their lifetime. And he knows every thought they ever 
had in their minds, whether consciously or subconsciously, God knows everything about every individual and and on top of that he governs the whole universe and and keeps all of that functioning and operating and and just just mind boggling mind boggling to be able to have it your fingertips to to have in your possession the knowledge of everything that has ever taken place in the history of this creation, in every aspect of the creation. But, again, that's nothing in comparison to what God keeps in mind from eternity past, of all the things he's been doing ever since he's been God. And he knows everything from the far reaches of eternity past, and... More than that, he knows the end from the beginning, so he knows everything that will take place for the rest of the world's period of of existence and, and whatever time is left. And beyond that, he knows what will happen into eternity future. He dwells in, in, in eternity. Uh, he inhabits eternity. And he knows everything about it. He'll never be surprised. He'll never um, remember something that he forgot. And if, if anyone had a justification or a reason to forget something, we would say it was God. Oh, God, he, he uh, it has such an enormous amount of knowledge in his possession. Well, certainly it'd be understandable if he forgot um, a, a, a sinner sins, or if he forgot Babylon sins, but it's not the case. God doesn't forget. He is always in possession of the fullness of knowledge about all things. Well, why then does it say that God has remembered her iniquities? God has remembered her iniquities. Well, let's let's um, look at a couple of verses. One in Hosea, in Hosea chapter eight, it says in verse thirteen, they sacrifice flesh for the sacrifices of mine offerings and eat it, but Jehovah accepteth them not. Now will he remember their iniquity and visit their sins. They shall return to Egypt. Well, here God is speaking of Israel. And uh, he he's talking about judging Israel, which in turn would point to the judgment on the church. And he's using similar language. Now will he remember their iniquity and visit their sin. Well, God also says of Babylon in Revelation 16 and in verse 19. And the great city was divided into three parts and the cities of the nations fell and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Well, that, that's just telling us the same thing. But uh, but again, it is 
emphasizing God considers Judgment Day. God um, views Judgment Day as a time of remembering the sin of Babylon or the sin of the world. Just as Judgment on the Churches was a time to remember the sins of the churches. Remember God had given space. Uh, we, we read that in Revelation 2 when we went through that chapter. He had given space to repent to the church, and then they repented not, and then he cast them into a bed uh, of great tribulation, and, and, and it was at that point he remembered their sin. And, um, well, let, let's, let's look at Jeremiah 25, Jeremiah 25, and we'll read verses 11 and 12. And this whole land shall be a desolation and an astonishment, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon seventy years. Now we know that God used the king of Babylon and his kingdom of Babylon to bring judgment upon Judah and other nations. And and God um, used the king of Babylon as his servant. And we also know spiritually the Lord did the same thing by loosing Satan to come against the churches and congregations. He used Satan as a servant to carry out the task of destruction, of destroying the corporate church. And God used the king of Babylon for 70 years. That period typified the Great Tribulation. And God used Satan for the actual 23 years of the Great Tribulation. And then he says in verse 12 of Jeremiah chapter 25, And shall come to pass, when 70 years are accomplished, that I will punish the king of Babylon, and that nation, saith Jehovah, for their iniquity, and the land of the Chaldeans will make a perpetual desolations. So it's at the end of the 70 years that God then turns his attention to the Babylonians, and it's as though now he's remembering their sin. For 70 years, it, it did not come into his mind because it was not the, the point of his focus. The point of his focus was the church and the judgment beginning at the house of God. And, and God, of course, knew that the Babylonians were sinning and, and terrible, awful sins. But there was a set time for them. And when that time came, the end of the 70 years, then God, as it were, remembered their sin and turned his attention then to the the kingdom of, uh, of Babylon. Now in Isaiah chapter 23, God um, here speaks of Tyre and... Uh, as we were um, discussing Tyrus uh, in an earlier study, and Tyre and Tyrus are, are the same. Uh, it, it's the same Hebrew word. It's 6865 in Strong's Concordance, and therefore they represent the same entity, which would be mankind. And Tyre, in Isaiah 23, is also said to be a merchant, just as we read of Tyrus, 
in uh, Ezekiel 28 when God was speaking of Tyrus being in the Garden of Eden and 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 created and so forth that that uh, Tyrus was a merchant. Well, it says in Isaiah 23 verse 8, who has taken this counsel against Tyre, the crowning city, whose merchants are princes, whose traffickers are the honorable of the earth. Jehovah of hosts has purposed it to stain the pride of all glory and to bring into contempt all the honorable of the earth. Pass through thy land as a river, O daughter of Tarshish. There is no more strength. He stretched out his hand over the sea. He shook the kingdoms. Jehovah has given a commandment against the merchant city to destroy the strongholds thereof. So we can see that Tyre who is called a a merchant city, has a similar identification as Babylon, as we read in Revelation 18 of the merchants of the earth. And, And God goes into great detail concerning their merchandise in Revelation 18. Well, that's because Babylon represents the kingdoms of this world, mankind, and so does Tyre represent mankind. And in this chapter of Isaiah 23, we find something very interesting, beginning in verse 14. How ye ships of Tarshish, for your strength is laid waste, and shall come to pass in that day that Tyre shall be forgotten seventy years, according to the days of one king, after the end of seventy years shall Tyre sing as a harlot. And, you know, uh, I've looked at this and others have looked at this for some time and it never seemed to make any sense because, uh, well, God says Tyre will be forgotten 70 years and then after the 70 years, she will sing as a harlot. And in the next couple of verses, he'll discuss that a little bit more of her activity after 70 years. Now again, the 70 year period typifies the Great Tribulation. But Tyre was forgotten for 70 years and only seems to become active after 70 years. And it's interesting how God speaks of this. He also says she's, Tyre is forgotten 70 years according to the days of one king. And remember what we read back in Revelation 17 concerning the seven heads of the beast. It said in Revelation 17, verse 10, and there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. So Tyre is forgotten 70 years according to the days of one king. And that would be the seventh and final rule of Satan as he was loose during the Great Tribulation and, and he had his rule expanded and he, he was lifted up to rule over the world and over the churches like never before. And that was the rule of the Great Tribulation which the 70 years typify. So Tyre is forgotten during that 70 year period when one king is ruling the seventh and final reign of Satan 
for the little season of the great tribulation. But then it says, after the end of 70 years shall Tyre sing as a harlot. And it says in verse 16, take a harp, go about the city, thou harlot that has been forgotten. Now we have something else uh, in similarity with Babylon. Remember, Babylon is called a harlot, the mother of harlots. And here Tyre is said to be a harlot. She has been the harlot that has been forgotten. And now uh, she's told to make sweet melodies, sing many songs, that thou mayest be remembered. Remembered. And then in verse 17, it shall come to pass after the end of 70 years that Jehovah will visit Tyre and she shall turn to her hire and shall commit fornication with all the kingdoms of the world upon the face of the earth. And we we just wonder, well, what is God talking about? That is, we, we used to wonder, but now we understand. Tyre and Babylon are synonyms for the kingdom of Satan, for mankind, and and during the 70-year period, God is judging the churches, and Tyre has been forgotten. Her sins are not being called to mind. Her sins are not um, the objects of God's wrath. God isn't targeting the world during the 23-year Great Tribulation period, from May 21, 1988, through May 21, 2011, it's as though the world has been forgotten. But once the Great Tribulation comes to its end, and the 23 years is over and done with, which relates to the end of the 70 years, well, now the the harlot that has been forgotten is said to make sweet melody, sing many songs that thou mayest be remembered. Remembered. And uh, remember um, uh, in Genesis chapter 40, Joseph, he interpreted some dreams, one for a butler, one for a baker. The butler was restored to Pharaoh while the baker was hanged. And the butler had told Joseph he would remember him. But he forgot. And it says in Genesis 40, beginning in verse 21, And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again. And he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forget him. That tells us that to be remembered is to not be forgotten. And to the contrary, to be forgotten is not to be remembered. So when God remembers Babylon, that is the time of Judgment Day when he's now uh, looking at the sins of mankind. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. 
For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.